on software. You can do it. Go. Okay, there. Oh, it's live. It's live. Oh god. Okay. Hi. This is but this Just is professionals. <laughs> this is professional sound mixing. I swear to god. <laughs> this is good old nerds. It's January. We came back from Christmas and vacations. Hallelujah. We're alive. <sighs> Somewhat, maybe. And I Just have <laughs> a soda. Because I'm swearing myself off alcohol for the first month of the year, like I do every year. How long does that last? Eh, from the 1st to the 31st. Mm. Do you actually make it? <laughs> I actually do. I'm not like, well, God, I hope I'm not dependent on alcohol yet. That'd be sad. Not yet. <laughs> not just yet. The soul-crushing agony of time has not gotten there yet. It's like, no, it's a soul-crushing like realization of, Crap, am I independent on that? I hope not. Crap. It's like like it's like what someone I knew like realized they are dependent on marijuana every day of their life. <laughs> They're like, Oh, why does nobody like me? Well, it's cause you kinda smell like pot every single day. Don't smoke it every day. That's it. Uh besides that though, I'm doing pretty well. It's uh sleeting and snowing outside. It's really goddamn cold outside. Uh I try to be productive. Then I made a cup of hot cocoa and some tea after that and I feel fantastic. How about yourself? Well, after the storm last night, I checked out if my roads were horrible because I live on a dirt road. It was fine. Oh, that's oh, uh, yeah, that's actually a good point. Decided to go to the farmer's market. There was very little there, not surprising. Do you have a year's round farmer's market? Yeah, basically, yeah, because they're not only there for produce, but people like the from the winery that's in town um stuff like that come in so you have that kind of thing stuff that kind of happens year-round that's actually pretty cool admittedly i never thought that would be a thing like i, I mean i'm used to like a place that's like it has like such a deep winters in the mountains area that people generally don't go out about unless they have veggies and produce to give yeah is this here because there's such a big outside community they think they have like the goat milk soap sellers. They have the winery people. The um, honey people are there. Oh man! I guess bees do year round. Oh well, I guess it depends on the climate. If it's warm enough, they could probably live year round. Man, though, I would love some like organic and naturally grown honey again. I got some at the farmers market last time. I went through it really quickly. Ooh, yeah, just, it's really good. Just um, cover my skin in it. Just. Got some fried pies. They had fried pies there. Oh man! Oh, that's a, oh, that's a treat. I love. Fried they had pies. fifteen different flavors. Like what? What flavor do you like the most with fried pie? Um, I'm a big chocolate person. Okay, I I actually quite love uh, strawberry pie. They had that. Then they had that. They had cherry, apricot. Oh, did they come, come a little stick? No, they are um, traditional fried pies. Oh, okay. Because sometimes they serve pie, uh, fry pies in my area on like little sticks, like little slices at a time. No, it's a whole fry pie. Though they had cheesecake fried pies. Mm, cheesecake is the best kind of pie, even though it's not called a pie. <laughs> so they had the filling inside the fried pie shell. Oh, that sounds delicious. Man. I made some like awesome duck tacos the other night, and... Just it makes me just want to go back and like say, Hey, I don't hunt. I know people who hunt. Let me beg food off of them like a person of no worth. 
<laughs> I've actually never. No, I have had duck. It's just not something I really care for much. It's one of those things that you have to cook right, otherwise it's yeah. kind of inedible. Yeah, is it like the gamey taste for you? Mm, it's more the texture of the meat. I, I can understand that actually, because it's very different than any other fowl. Like it's very like different. I can handle. I've had rabbit before. I've had deer. Um, duck has a very different texture than almost any meat I've ever had. I would agree. That's why whenever I did mine, I kind of marinated it for about two days in like a hickory smoke sauce. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of cut it real thin afterwards and fried it up real quick on a cast iron. And basically made yeah. little, like uh, strips for the tacos. It's why I, when I watch stuff, I understand now that like, they always, if they have a duck breast or whatever they cut that big center chunk out of the fat and they score the fat then they cook the fat side down in a cast iron and they cook it like that and render all the fat out and they cook it in that and then they flip it around like okay i understand why they do that now because you have to do that yeah to really make it an edible thing i mean having some fat in your like food is really really nice sometimes like a little center explosion of flavor but chewing just straight fat can make you feel really, really disgusting, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, do we, whenever you were a little kid, do you ever, like, try to cut off the fat chunks and try to eat those first? No. I always cut them off. I didn't like the texture of them. Oh. I... My father loved them, so I just gave them to him. Okay. <laughs> okay, there you go. I was Like, when kid. he had a big ribeye and he had, like, that solid, like, two-inch chunk of fat. Yeah, no. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a little too much, actually. I would just, like, eat it like a little animal. I'm just kind of going, nom, 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 to my family's displeasure. <laughs> they weren't pleased about it. Hmm. Anywho, it's been about a month since we got back together. I went on a honeymoon. I got sick. All kinds of fun stuff. How about yourself? Family drama. Oh, sorry to hear. Um, all that... Besides that, um, yeah, and survived the holidays. That was nice. Uh, had a friend come in, a really good friend of mine. He's um, going in Arkansas for his college. Oh, He's got a straight a, a doctorate. He, I'm sorry, is he going to uh, Central Arkansas or? It's in Fayetteville. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I live right next to that place, so I get entirely what he means. It's going to be a very interesting place, I think he's going to find out. He said it's a more clean-up version of Austin. You know, I've heard that so many times living here for so long that I'm, I'm just going to de facto believe it, even though I've never been to the city of Austin. Even though it's weird, considering I was named after that city by my father. Considering that he's from here and he's been to Austin a few times, I guess he would know what he's talking about. I will say it's a very, it's a very clean, very college town. You know what I mean? Like, well, young yeah. life and like, uh... Oh, there's so many weird things to do over here, man. Also, the pot like is way more rampant in Fayetteville. There's way more pot available in Fayetteville than any other place in this area. Well, he's talking about Fayetteville's basically three cities together because there's like one city that's not too far away from it north and one not too far away from south. And they just can combined it together in like one big metroplex. Hmm. Did, like what cities... Uh, I can't remember the, the way he said, but basically there's a bus line that connects to all of them now that just considers it like one big area. Kind of like the DFW area of Dallas-Fort Worth. So, yeah, the bus line does take place in most of Fayetteville itself. It goes from a mall that's about a 30-minute, that's like a 
it's like a 30 minute wait on the bus to the university proper but it's like a 10 minute drive to university in your in your own car if you're direct about it and mm-hmm. it does go down to other parts of Fayetteville so you can actually cover most of the city with the bus line which is free thankfully mm-hmm. so thank god for that but it just needs to be, there needs to be more stops and direct routes and whatnot but that's beside the point i think your friend's gonna have a fun time well yeah, he's been there for um seven months now Oh, okay, so I misunderstood that completely then. Whoopsie. No, no, he was coming back from there for the winter break. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, Does has he said, like, anything like it's weird or this, like, place says this part's really cool, this part's really crap? He just said it was, again, a more cleaned-up version of Austin. He said there's certain districts for certain things. And when if you ever have a certain thing you want to do, like, this is kind of more the entertainment area or this is more, like, the school, university area... And this is like the more of the downtown thing. So he said, like, it's kind of set up in that nature, kind of like how Austin is. Okay, that's interesting. I need to go see that city at one point, honestly, because I've never been, even though I've been named after that city. So Because if you've ever been to Austin and you've been, spent time there, you understand that it's set up in a way that there's the party side, the business center, yep. the artisanal district, the school area, downtown area, and the entertainment area. It's kind of set up in that way. The school to downtown is basically just one gigantic bar and restaurant row area. So I can believe that entirely. Like, the the liquor and bar street connects directly to the, to the university. You walk down a hill, and you're smack dab in the middle of all the bars in the city. And then you walk up the hill, and you're in downtown Fayetteville proper with all kinds of artisanal benefits and... Uh, farmers market every Saturday morning, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty fun place. But when it's when it snows and ices, oh boy, people don't know what to do because they just start sliding down hills like crazy. Whenever I went to I went to school there, and I remember one year a bus was trying to go up a hill when it was snowing and icing, and the school bus slid back down the hill and ran into two different cars. That's always fun. Yeah. Right. Jesus. But, um, woo, besides that, though, uh, just seeing a lot of ideas, I think, between the two of us about some recent news about Pokemon, yeah? Yeah, I also, um, I don't know if I talked to you about this before, but I got, uh, Outer Worlds from Obsidian. Oh, for, shit, how is for that? Christmas. I beat it. How is that? Tell me more. It plays like a more cleaned up a little bit more character-focused version of Fallout. You know, considering I've... Considering all that we've seen from Obsidian and, like, they're the de facto people for New Vegas and... I mean, just so many other games recently, I can believe that wholeheartedly. It's a more... Yeah, it's much more sci-fi-focused. They really do kind of jump into the... kind of wacky sci-fi adventures of the... of, like, yes, like, the 90s, I would say um very character focused there's a like they did the um mass effect thing where every character has a mission uh, oopsie just turn my phone off uh i've also heard that it's like super dystopian and super cynical it's i wouldn't say dystopian it's very cynical and it's very conglomerate basically there's these big companies and they own the planets and the people yeah, I've heard that. I mean, I've heard a few reviews from other people in general, and they haven't been spoiled too much on, like, various aspects of the game, but I heard it's 
<laughs> disheartening how the corporations own people. And, yeah. like, at one point, there's a quest where somebody shot themselves, and the nearest person was sued by the company because the person's body was company property, so they sued for for property damage. So, you know, how it works is that, um, I, I did that quest line, but how it works is that they were the closest person next to them, so they had reported in, and they weren't sued by it. They had to basically take care of everything and pay for the person to be buried because there's a burial cost. Oh boy, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets kind of crazy and very like, wow, this is what's going on. Um, it's kind of an easy game though. It has that little issue that all the Fallout games had that if you specialized in something and you did really good on kind of focusing on it, and if you just make sure you do things towards that, you just sail through the game with very little problem. That's that's good, because it lets you kind of, I guess, balance yourself out better, I guess, if you're trying to focus on exploration, and then I want to get strong enough to go see the rest of the story, or storylines on the side quests and whatnot. Yeah, sense? because I focused on being more of a charismatic um, kind of uh, lone gun shooter kind of dude. And like in Fallout, if you have a good enough charm stat, you can get uh, most issues by just talking. I do love that in those in those RPGs, honestly. Being able to talk your way out of a situation is always really fun. And I actually accidentally completed four quests without meaning to because I was just wandering around the map, ra entering random places, and grabbing literally everything that was grabbable. That's also really, really cool. I like that. And I was talking to this one NPC. He's like, I wish I had these Apollo tapes that did all this stuff. I was like, huh, that sounds familiar. And he's like, do you wish to give tapes to this person? I was like, oh, yes, give them the four tapes, And I got a lot of money. <laughs> I'm actually, God, I really love that feature in any game that happens because it happens sometimes, just not in every game. I'm, I'm not really like drawing names to a name right now because I can't think that well. Well, I like that it does that and doesn't do the weird like kind of oblivion thing because sometimes you go to places in oblivion and then like a, t a quest will appear and it tells you to go back to a place that you were just at and you're like, I was just there. That thing was not there. And then you go back to that quest and suddenly that item spawns in. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That did happen quite a few times, actually. Uh, but the, the Outer Worlds does sound like a good investment. I actually, uh, during the, the the PlayStation sale, I got uh, Code Vein, that anime vampire Dark Souls game. Hmm, I've heard vaguely about that. I don't really know much about it, but I've heard about it. I, it, the, the concept's pretty simple. You're basically a vampire, and there's, like, not many humans left, or you get your magical blood from a magic tree, so on and so forth. It's got the Dark Souls mechanics of you have this resource. If you die, you lose a resource. Come back to the area. If you die again, it's gone. There's no such thing as a pause game. So you try to pause in the middle of combat, you're going to get screwed over. Um, big, flashy animations. Weapons have different fighting styles. Um, there's a weight system and everything, but it's got the whole anime storyline and anime characters, so much more dramatic. That's really neat. I'm also very happy to see that battle royales are dying. Oh Jesus, thank God! I was never really into it. I tried Apex Legends, and that was fun for a little bit, but then I just started getting burnt out. Like, man, 
just not a whole lot of uh not a whole lot of variety here no whole lot of anything really <laughs> well that's it yeah jesus but uh, I think the main thing that really helped kill it was 76 got on the bandwagon, and that really helped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 76 kind of uh, poisoned everything it touched. I was surprised there wasn't any loot boxes in 76, honestly, but I guess Bethesda learned their lesson instead of going too greedy. I don't know about that, because of the whole... <laughs> pay us $99 and for a year long yeah. subscription to a really bad game. Yep. That's very true. Yeah. Bethesda. Oh no, yeah, I'm not expecting anything great from Bethesda anytime soon directly. I'll just like look forward to the studios they've acquired but will publish. Yeah, they're going to get their money because they have the um IPs of some very important games like Doom. Like Doom Eternal. God, that's that that game comes out the same month as freaking Cyberpunk. There's going to be a big battle for the top seller of that month. And a lot of Japanese fans are also going to go for Persona 5 Royal, too. There's going to be a big fight in the market. For... Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's kind of like when Red Dead 2 and Pokemon came out in the same time. Well... Yes, but their audiences aren't so closely related. No, but it does draw people. Yeah, it does like... draw people away, yeah. The, one of the best examples was when EA published uh, Titanfall 2 in the same week as Battlefield 1. Yeah. That was stupid. Then again, EA also probably wanted to sabotage the company, or uh, respawn, essentially. So they could like basically acquire it, acquire it more directly. Well, they're doing respawns doing pretty well for themselves now. Thank God they made a great Star Wars game. I still need to play. So they're definitely getting to, on their feet, and people are starting to recognize them. Oh, I love that. And I hope they keep doing what they do, and I hope they remain some in, somewhat independent from EA because they have good games. They've always had good games. I hope it stays that way. Though EA's starting to look like it's the king of the publishers now, though. It... Because Bethesda shot themselves, Blizzard committed Sopoku, Activision's Activision. Uh, you might say that Nintendo is still a little bit stronger than EA, because it's still its own independent operating company. Yeah, but it's Nintendo only has Nintendo, though. Like, they have their console... And EA is across board. So they're kind of a bigger publisher if you think about the amount of people they get. Mm, because true. they have the PC, they have all the consoles, including Nintendo console. But they've also been basically ruining their uh, sport games, sports games too, recently. Like those sports games are not selling well recently at all. Was was EA the one that did WK twenty twenty or am I thinking of another one? I don't know. It's because uh, do you hear the news about like when WK twenty twenty when twenty twenty the year rolled out the game stopped mm. working? No, I did not hear about that. Okay, so there's some kind of glitch in the game because they released twenty nineteen that once the calendar date twenty twenty rolled out, the game just stopped working. Entirely so, it just would not work anymore unless. You edited your console software to read as 2019. That's a really weird bug. 
when the game the game's already buggy as hell and broken but that apparently came out and god it people deserve it deserves all the ridicule it got let's put it that way uh let's see let's see let's see let's see besides shall that we... so go ahead i was gonna say shall we lead into pokemon now yeah let's get into the thick of it so pokemon <laughs> released oh sorry go ahead i think you just cut off there Okay, so Pokemon released a DLC plan for two islands or areas for an expansion pass, essentially. I and believe they are islands. They did. I think they said they were islands. Yeah, like the armor, uh, the Isle of Armor, and the Sword Tundra or Tundra of the Sword or something like that. And there's Crown something. Crown Tundra. Crown Tundra. Let's go with that. Yeah. So anyway, there's two areas, and they released a DLC pack that they basically kind of confirm is going to replace the third game system that they've always relied on for pokemon since its inception which i'd like that better i do admittedly like that i will say i like after some time after gaming to kind of know it let it sink in and whatnot after a few days seeing a dlc pack for a price less than a game is a better change of pace considering that's what the third game really was is basically just dlc because of all the differences mm -hmm. however i mean they should just release a finished game. <laughs> yes, that's the problem. That's the rub. Because this is a really well-polished-looking DLC with, like, what, 200 Pokemon added into it right away? Uh, I think they said a little over 200. Which kind of just proves their earlier claim that they just couldn't put all the Pokemon in the game anyway. Well, let's just be honest. Everyone that was not a child knew that they were just blowing out smoke out of their ass. Exactly. They were just trying to give reasons that they could use as justifiable means to put off people from just ridiculing or attacking them which didn't do really what were. they wanted yeah and they just shouldn't have really said anything they, they mean... should have just released the game let everyone find out that you know the pokemon are missing and stuff like that there would have been a little bit of a hubbub but it would have been quickly blown over because no one said anything about it yeah but then people would have been like this game is really short i barely did anything what the hell? Because that still happens even after they assuaded everyone or tried to persuade them or whatnot. Because yeah, because it took like twenty hours. If you're at not, most. if you're not doing the um, wild area hunts, not doing the raid battles, if you're not egg breeding, you can finish this game in about sixteen hours. It's a, sh it's the shortest Pokemon game. My God, it is embarrassing how. I, oh god it was so simple to go in and out with that i think i only ever lost a fight to the ghost pokemon leader because his giant max gengar was so strong and i didn't lose any at all ever until i got to the post game when i went into the battle tower and i was using the rented team and i was like i don't quite know how some of these pokemon work yeah yeah but that's kind of expected of the battle tower but in the main storyline you basically never lose once essentially it's it's not hard at all. And the plot was really stupid. There was a plot. That, I mean, <laughs> exactly. There, the God, what what is it even? Just like we're gonna it's lose, like, we're gonna lose power. Let's start Doomsday to get more power. I feel like it's trying like capitalism's bad to a degree. I but is it? Because there's no like ramifications of what is a mega corporation. There's no actual ramifications. You only meet Doesn't the president. 
Oh, no, doesn't President Rose get like put in jail? No, I don't think he is ever. And you only see the evil team at like the last hour of the game. There isn't even an evil team. Like Team Yell is just a bunch of like. Well, that's not even really. That, that, I'm not talking really? about Team Yell. I'm talking about like the corporation's SWAT buddies or whatever. Yeah, the um side squad that the uh, secretary put up, like. Name. Uh, could you say that again? You kind of cut off there and became a robot. I said um, the secretary put that side squad together. The it was team that. It. It. I don't even know what that team's called. Like, what was that team even called? I don't even remember. They didn't get a name. They just called them like the. Uh, I can't remember what the secretary's name is. They call them her name squad. Oh Jesus. So yeah. like. Uh... God, it was dumb. It was lazy. And the fact that they had just the gall to call this a full game was disgusting. And a $30 price tag for, like, what should have been already in the game, in my opinion, is not helping in any way. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm very done with, just, with this generation already. I don't think I'm going to go back to it at all. I might, just because I've been a Pokemon fan since the beginning. I've played these games since they were released in America. Same. I guess I'm just, like, just too... Not bitter, just disappointed. Like, I expected a lot more from this game, and I got very, very, very little in return. If they're it gonna... was not... Sorry, go on. If they're ever going to renounce the remake, which they probably will, honestly, for Generation 4... Eh, let's try it, I guess. But I hope it doesn't get the same treatment that this one did. Just give it the full... Give it the full, like, Gen 3 remake. Give, give it a lot of content. I was gonna say that, um... Game Freak has been really slipping lately. They have... With the last few things been lazy. They haven't really put in their hole into it. And that is kind of on the Pokemon Company. They haven't given them the time. They haven't given them the resources. They've been really demanding and whipping Game Freak to be on the schedule. So, but they haven't... They don't give them the stuff necessary. But Game Freak... I don't... Game Freak's lazy. That's the problem. Like, they have not bothered to expand their team despite the wild success of Pokemon. Like, despite... Like, how many developers does it have? Like, 20 people? Um, it's a, a team of 100. Their whole company has a hundred people. Ugh. So doing what I know of normal companies and stuff, probably twenty to twenty-five of those people are developers and programmers. <sighs> yeah. Then you have uh, art artists. Designers. You have market people. Um, testers. Mm -hmm. um, office workers, admins, things of that nature. Yeah, it's... God, it's just... They should have had more people recently. And I don't like Masuda, the president of Game Freak, of, uh, Game Freak, because he doesn't believe that there should be any content in the game after you beat the Elite Four and the, and the, and the uh, Champion and whatnot. He doesn't think it's necessary. It's desperately necessary. 
And I feel like that they just need to talk to the Pokemon company and get some more money during this time where they're not putting a mainstream game out and stretch that 100 people to be 100 people that is in the development team. Because that's what you have for almost every other AAA company. They have around 100 developers. So I feel like that would help Game Freak out a lot. Yeah, it's... <sighs> it's I don't know. It's just ah man, I don't know. So it's just weird to me that the Pokemon Company doesn't really own the Pokemon brand. Like I mean, it kind of does. The Pokemon Company is in charge of the Pokemon brand. Not it is the CEO and owner of the one of the main founders of Pokemon that represents it. And then there's a person that is the Nintendo voice, and then there's a voice from the uh, card printer. So. The way, I, the way I've read it on, like, a few articles was that Nintendo, Game Freak, and Creatures mm -hmm. have damn near equal shares in the Pokemon Company. So, Nintendo owns shares in Pokemon, not the other way around. Yeah, Game Freak has nothing... Well, okay, no, not Game Freak, Pokemon, because the, that's kind of its own thing. Pokemon has a majority share of the, the IP. The the IP is belonged to two people, the main two people that founded Game Freak, who one of which is the current CEO and president of the Pokemon Company, and the other one is the is the president of Game Freak, Masuda. Okay, so I've always I've always thought that, uh, <coughs> pardon me, that creatures the kind of company that's kind of like in the background that no one really knows that well, they're the ones who like alongside, um. Game Freak and uh, Nintendo kind of put together... Sorry, not Nintendo. Game Freak, Nintendo, and Creatures, yeah, are the ones who kind of put together the Pokemon Company, essentially, after the first game kind of came out and did really, really well. No. So how first was that that Game Freak talked with Nintendo? They made the first game. They saw it becoming a massive success, and as, they were, as it was coming out, they were having a hard time getting products out. So they made the Pokemon Company to handle the licensing, official work, and the animes and all that. So I can't remember what his name is. One of the two main founders of Game Freak said, I'm going to step forward. He becomes the CEO of the Pokemon Company. He owns like 50% of the Pokemon title, whatever. Masuda owns another like whatever permission. Nintendo has the license for it. They're the only ones that can ha have the Pokemon game, unless Pokemon Company like gives it to like the people doing Go or whatever. Okay, because I'm reading an article that says Nintendo is pretty much the de facto owner of Pokemon itself. Mm -mm. They do not own the IP. Well, then no, 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 not not solely, but they pretty much have the largest share or the largest slice of the pie, essentially. I don't believe so. I'm pretty sure that the uh, CEO slash owner of the Pokemon Company is the person that has like the copyright and stuff for the Pokemon. But I think they entered a contract with Nintendo that like they're the only people that can have the games, like the the video games and stuff like that. Hmm. So the article I've read here during this chat is saying that uh, the Pokemon company still operates autonomously or by itself for the most part, but it still answers to Game Freak creatures and Nintendo, essentially. No, I don't believe that's correct. Hmm. 
because I've watched a lot of the Pokemon stuff and I've read up on it, and it does not seem that Pokemon Company answers to Game Freak, because if that was the case, I feel like Game Freak would not be having the issues they would have right now. That's true, too. Uh... Because you see a lot of things that from the developers and stuff of Game Freak saying they don't have the money or they're understaffed. If that was really an issue and Game Freak did have that control on the company, they would just draw in the money. I mean, Creatures doesn't really have much of a say at all. They're just the producers. They're the ones that license out the stuff. They're the ones that control the products, the ones that release the um, stuffed animals, the ones that do the anime, the cards. That's what they do. So they're basically the manufacturers. That's what Creature is. Hmm. I feel like this is a kind of... <clears throat> Gosh, sorry. Something's stuck in the back of my throat. I feel like this is kind of like a deep, deep hole. I'm going to need like multiple different news articles and sources to kind of get an answer to at this point. Because it seems like a very complicated relationship. You know what I mean? From my understanding, again, from what I, all the stuff I've done, it is um, CEO dude oversees Pokemon Company. Right. He is the one that says where the titles can go, who can license, and all that. Creatures controls the anime the cards, and the manufacturing. So after the CEO says, okay, these people are cleared, they talk with those and get the products to them. Right, yeah. I guess I just want to see, like, the details about all that, I guess, and the relationship between all the companies, essentially. So the deal they made, basically, is that Pokemon will not go to anyone besides creatures to handle the physical product. Right. And the deal they have with Nintendo is that they will not go to another company like Sony or something like that for their business. Hmm. That reminds me how Capcom kind of promised uh, Monster Hunter for the PlayStation era, but then they made another deal with Nintendo and it became a basically Nintendo property. Yeah, basically, but they stayed there always. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I, I know. And it kind of like was better for them eventually anyway because, well... It's not exclusive anymore, actually, because we got Monster Hunter World on the P PlayStation and PC nowadays. And... Well, I'm talking about for Pokemon. Like, oh, I mean, it's yeah. never gone outside of Nintendo besides for Pokemon Go. Right, 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 right. Man, or Pokemon... Pokemon Masters. Yeah, Pokemon Masters was kind of meh for me. Did you give it that a try? I never played it. It didn't seem up my alley. Yeah, it wasn't really that great. It was very. I don't know mediocre is that, is that a good word for it i guess i'm gonna go with that it was a very mediocre <laughs> kind of game oh man but besides that uh anything else in the gaming world you want to talk about real quick um just to finish my thoughts on the dlc stuff i was really excited to see that they're like hey now you can have these pokemon the galarian forms of legendaries was pretty interesting seeing roadrunner zapdos was really funny <laughs> oh yeah i forgot about that and uh dark fire moltres and weird Articuna, and also the new legendaries they were introducing. The weird rabbit thing was odd. That was going to be... It's going to be interesting. Yeah, as well as the... Um, Panda? The, uh, the, the, the Regis. The Regis. Like Reg oh, yeah, the Regis. Zap. The uh, Galarian Regis. Yeah, the Regis Zap and Regi Dark or Regi Dragon or something like that. Which I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, oh, oh my gosh, I can't, actually, I was listening to a podcast, and I saw this one that was, um, uh, how, how do I put it? It was about Monster Hunter Iceborne, and they gave mm -hmm. it a positive review, 
but they talked about the concern they had about being about animal cruelty I mean, I guess you could take that. But they call, they talk about like how it made you feel like such a horrible human being, and if the if the game was trying to raise questions about animal abuse and overhunting, and it's like no, no, it's not. This is a fantasy fulfillment game about killing monsters that infinitely produce. There and is no trouble of them ever running out. And these are literally bio monster weaponry. Things. Like, these things are monsters. They're not animals. I mean, I, kinda. Yeah. There was one like that, actually, in the very beginning when uh, World first came out. Someone made a very similar article, but I looked it up and there were two different people. And it's like, wow, that's a very niche and I'm gonna outright say wrong viewpoint to view this game from. Because guess what? This gigantic Tyrannosaurus Rex monster breather thing is going to go try to kill people. That's why you hunt it down. Mm -hmm. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, there's a reason they do this, kind of. <laughs> and there's always, like, some kind of uh, big bad evil monster coming in that's like, oh, it's invading environment. You gotta go kill it. Or, oh, it's gonna go kill humanity. You gotta go kill it. Or, oh, mm -hmm. this is gonna, like, destroy a village. You gotta go kill it. Like, so much... St <laughs> Oh boy, I don't know. I got I got like a little triggered reading that article because it seems so blind. I always love I mean, super stuff like that. Some people try to read in things into things that are not there, this to justify their own viewpoints and be like, "Look, it's saying what I'm saying, so listen to me." <laughs> yeah, that's actually very true. Like, uh, remember whenever Peta tried to make a Pokemon black and blue? Oh yeah. <laughs> that was really bad. I mean, again, you could talk about Pokemon being animal cruelty if you want the, the same thing with Monster Hunter because you could even talk about, like, they're bred for captivity and shit like that with Pokemon because you have the breeding centers and stuff. Right? I mean, Jesus Christ. That was so... <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> oh, good God. Um... Did you watch The Witcher? Yes, I didn't really care for it. I I got four episodes through, and the pacing of the of it was really throwing me off. It did not pace well. Um, I thought they went too dramatic with it. I thought there should have been a little bit trying to add a little bit more of the fight scenes, a little bit more like the action and stuff. I will say they were more close to the books. They, I mean, they kind of gave that in the first place. Yeah, I. I, I knew it was from the books uh i read i think i've read three or four books it's been a long while but i do remember there being quite a bit of political stuff around uh siri as well and so it's not always just action and whatnot it's also a lot of like uh there is some pretty good human drama in there too i remember that much but uh i i i, I liked it a lot i liked henry cavill as uh Geralt. he was actually pretty great i think and the the guy they got for jeskier jeskier Jeskier. Not quite the same as Dandelion in the games, but actually, I still prefer this version, honestly. I prefer Dandelion. You prefer the game version? No, I just prefer Dandelion. Like, the, I don't know why they changed his name. Uh, Jaskier is the original book name, and ah. CD Projekt Red changed his name to... Uh, they changed his name to... 
Dandelion because they thought it'd be a more fitting name for Western audiences compared to Jeskier, mm. which is the Polish way. Which is a name for another type of flower. I think Lily? Something like that. And... Uh, I will say the CGI was a little bad. <laughs> not not fantastic, but it is what it is, I guess. But I do love how thousands and thousands of people saw The Witcher, and after it came out, people went back to go play Witcher 3 on their game consoles. And mm. that was actually pretty fun for me. I thought it was like, oh, wow, a game... A game got popular again because people like the movie, so the the TV series so much. <laughs> it just didn't really grab me, but I thought the pacing was the main issue of it. Hmm, I can see that kind of like of like a slow pace essentially. Because in the first episode, it started off with a nice, cool action bit. Did you have the thing with the, you know, the the witch person? And then the sorcerer and all that, and then got him leaving the town at the very end. It had a lot of action. I was very driven by that. It had a lot of, um, is this the right thing? Is this not the right thing? A lot of, like, Geralt kind of questioning himself, what he's going to do kind of thing. And then I think also in the same episode, you had the um, thing with Ciri, the, that fight, the siege with that. Yep, yep. So there was a lot. Of, it was very high tension, lots of action, and really good. And then it kind of quickly fizzled out. Second episode, not really any kind of action to it at all. And then not a lot of stuff involving Geralt. Not a lot really going at all. Then I think in the third episodes when um um what's her name uh Jennifer Jennifer's introduced and all that and you're like okay this is weird the pacing's so odd here. I kind of like the odd pacing, honestly. I kind of like it slow. I generally like it in my series when the pacing's really slow and then it starts building up to a crescendo like it kind of did at the end of the series for me. My episode but it started, seven, it started off really high action. Uh, that's got to just draw people in, which I, I did appreciate that too, yeah. But I kind of like the uh, I like the background building a lot as well. Like kind of getting more insight about Yennefer, Ciri, and Geralt kind of made things interesting for me. But mm. I guess I'm just like, I'm just, that's, that's just my prefer personal preference for storytelling. Well, again, I've done a lot of story stuff and I feel like just starting off with high action and then quickly dying off is a bad way to start and tell a story because you're kind of falsifying things to your audience. Like, this is what you expect. And then it goes away. It doesn't really come back until the last like two, three episodes. I mean, there is still, like, a fair amount of action, too, to be fair. Oh, mm. God, this cold's kicking my butt. Uh, I will say it is very entertaining to see Geralt's, um, what do you call it? His swordplay. His swordplay. Thank God I can remember the word. I like how it's so dancey and flowy. And it actually kind of translated mm. really, really well from the game to this big screen. Because yeah, the choreography was well done. I would have to give them. They did do that well with the few fight scenes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I like how they didn't explain every little detail, though. Like, they did not explain magic super detailed. And I kind of appreciated that. It's still just mystic enough mm -hmm. to kind of make it kind of confusing but alluring. It's not mm -hmm. overly explained like it is in some series. Like, Geralt, oh, he can do some magic. Yeah, yeah, he does it. Cool, moving on. 
also apparently Henry Cavill was his he did all his own stunts <laughs> which I can believe because he's a mega nerd and he also was so muscular apparently he started ripping through his armor constantly on set <laughs> which is like hey yeah and my wife and I were talking about it actually and how we see him more as Geralt now than we ever did as Superman from the DC films hmm did you ever watch any of the films where he was Superman, essentially? No. Which films was he was in Superman? The most recent ones. All of Justice League and whatnot. Oh, I didn't bother to watch those. I knew they were going to be garbage. Yeah. I remember seeing Man of Steel back in the day because I thought it could have been good. And, eh, not really. But I think he plays a much better Geralt than he did ever as Superman, to be fair. He's just more... He's more emotional as Geralt than he was Superman. Let's put it that way. Broody. <laughs> He, Superman in the DC films didn't really have a whole lot of motion. Didn't have a whole lot of anything. Oh, he was just a stone wall. Geralt's meant to be broody, so he he does do that very well. And he gets the voice right, too. Like, nice and low and husky. I kind of appreciate that quite a bit. But it made me want to go back and play The Witcher. But I was like, eh, I got other games to play. I can't afford that time sink. <laughs> so I played Code Vein instead. <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, man. My, this cold is just, like, kicking my butt. Don't like it. Whew. Um, God, my head. I'm sorry. If you have anything else to go on for, you can do that right now. Uh, I'm just trying to think if there's really anything else I need to talk about. Nothing really game-wise for now. I'm really thinking I'm going to pick up Project... Not Project. Um... Cy uh, Cyberpunk 2020, my wife got that for me for Christmas, already pre-ordered and paid for, so I just have to pick it up. Oh, that's nice. Um, I, Again, I'm really leaning towards picking up the DLC for Pokemon just to give it that, like, let's see what they really intended for the experience with, like, the full... That's fair. I don't think I will... I think instead I'm just going to play other Nintendo games and maybe even just like the old Pokemon games I have on my DS and 3DS, honestly. Mm -hmm. Just kind of go back and just see how those were back in the day because I'd rather kind of go back and try it again instead of just rely on my nostalgia filter because everything looks better with nostalgia. So getting a hands-on experience again would actually be much more clarifying instead. Well, except for the uh, games before third gen, I've played through almost all of them recently. I've played um, Fire Red. I played yeah. Soul Silver, Platinum Diamond, Black, Black Two, X, and Sun. Recently, I did all those. Did Nozlocks through them. I did Wonderlocks to the ones I could. Just replay them and going back through all of them didn't really change anything in my mind besides appreciating the music in Black and White more. There's some really solid music in Fifth Gen. Man, 5th Gen had a lot of good things going on for it, if I remember that right. Good evil, good um, antagonists. You mean evil PETA? Yeah, good antagonists, good Pokemon design in general. I kind of liked a lot of them, actually, quite a bit. Uh, even their, their Buffalant, their like, default Tauros, was actually a really cool design, I thought. Afro! Yeah, Afro Bull. <laughs> it had the best grinding spot in all of the early generations. Until 6th generation came, where mm. it had the Battle Chateau. Yeah, that's right, that's right, I remember that now. 
in uh, fifth generation they had the stadiums where you could go to the second floor there's always people there to be free to fight and once you beat the game they had a lot more Mm. high 50 low 60s yeah and they also had like a pretty good post game too with like the electric city and the uh, battle tree and whatnot no battle tree was white. seventh gen no they had a tree in black and white too you had to fight Idl idler's grandson there i don't remember a tree i played through all of black and white there was no tree uh... there was the battle subway no, there's a tree somewhere. Like, you go down the tree, you get a shiny Dragonite at the very end. Maybe in Black and White 2? I did not do the stuff in Black and White 2. Uh, there's some kind of park in Black and White 2. You got a shiny Hexorus there. I, know that I don't know, man. I've played through Black and White. I did almost everything in that game, and I don't remember a tree. Um, damn it, damn it, damn it. I gotta go. I gotta go try to find this now on Google real quick. Mm, well, that's, so that's aggravating. Uh, tree Pokemon. Black and white with my gigantic mechanical keyboard. <laughs> oh, White Tree Hollow. That's what it is. I do not remember this at all. Yeah, White Tree Hollow was an area exclusive to Pokemon White 2. Okay, so it was in the second. That's why I wouldn't know about it. It is the counterpart to the Black Tower of Pokemon Black 2. Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, that explains it because I, because I played, uh, Pokemon White too. That's what it was. So yeah, I played Black too, and I didn't really do much of the sub of the um, post game in that because it didn't really feel different from the post game and the first one. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> um, oh, last last moments then. Do you watch any anime series recently? I really have not been as good with the anime recently because dealing with everything. I did finish the overpowered hero, the overly cautious one I told you about. Yeah, yeah, the funny like the comic gag. Did one. you How was that? give it any? I watched did like you give it a try? I watched two episodes, but then the honeymoon happened, and I've been busy since then. It was entertaining. What you think though? though? I did think it was entertaining. It's a fresh take on generic ass isekais. But yeah, it ends really interestingly. It was fun. Um, saw that One Punch Man season two got a dub. Oh. Um, still trash. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and I actually watched Carol and Tuesday on Netflix. Have you heard about this one? Oh, uh, yeah, I saw a bit of that. It looks great. The music's really cool. The music's on fire. Like I really dig the music, and I went back and looked at everything essentially. And, uh, sorry, for the, for the artists and the soundtracks. And they have multiple different artists being a part of this this business. And they're all kind of sourced everywhere. Like, one guy's in England, another person's out of Australia. Then they have, like, local Japanese artists. It was really great. Like, fantastic stuff. Really loved it. Also with the same guy who did Cowboy Bebop. So, it's in the Cowboy Bebop universe, te uh, technically. Not surprised. The dude who did Combat Bebop made a treasure that is remembered and loved by everyone that calls himself an actual anime. Isn't it like, just so weird to consider that you have Samurai Shampoo and Cowboy Bebop on like one end of a spectrum canon, then you have Carol and Tuesday, which, which is like a very, very sweet opposite end? <laughs> okay, I have so many issues with Sham, uh, Samurai Shampoo. Like, the music was alright, it wasn't quite my style. But I, I would have to say it definitely in some some of it was pretty decent. 
just the storytelling, the overall thing was not that great. I don't feel like they had a good director or something because it kind of felt all over the place. It reminds me of like um, Miniso storytelling. They do a lot of anime, like Cowboy Bebop, but it really depends on person to person how that goes. Like some places just do like a a general like mini episodes with an overarching plot that's rarely done. But Bebop tied end. it all really too good for a final farewell. Oh yeah, and that's why the Netflix live action series is going to be bad. But Shampoo didn't do that. No, it did not. <laughs> and Shampoo never made it where their characters really felt like they cared about each other or tried to really fulfill one another. Where in Cowboy, they resonate with one another. And they have that good back and forth, or they have the characters actually have either conflict or that their personalities bounce off of each other. So it feels really good whenever they interact with each other. I will agree. It does feel pretty good when they interact with each other. It's actually really nice. And then when you watch Shampoo, it seems like these characters could just be interacting with anybody. And they don't really have a tie to one another that way. I will say, it is very different for Carol and Tuesday. There is one gigantic overarching plot. Mm-hmm. So it is actually at least easy to follow. Like, there is at least that much. It's very, very easy to follow. Also, it, the music, like, resonated with me, kind of like how Cannon Busters did. Did you watch that one? Yes, it is bad. It's a bad show. <laughs> <laughs> the music's good, though. Eh, it's all right. I've I, heard better. I, I really dig that music, honestly. That soundtrack is actually... I really, really dug it. So, that's It wasn't me. that good, in my opinion. I've heard better from other sources. I think maybe that it didn't hit me as well because the scenes that the music was trying to emphasize just wasn't good. Mm, like, I, I, I felt like the animation and stuff... Like, I've seen so much better stuff... Like, it felt kind of, while the animations kind of was kind of lazy and not really done well. Also, I didn't really like the characters. They did not really resonate well. They kind of fell flat. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I can see that. But, anyhow, um, I'd recommend watching Carol Tuesday. I quite liked it. Uh, different than what I expected, actually, in the end, but... Eh, quite enjoyable. It's a cute little. It's a cute little series. I mean, the wife really dug it. Carolyn Tuesday is a lot of fun. It's very lighthearted. Oh yeah, and my wife and I are probably gonna watch some My Hero tonight after this, and uh, maybe watch the movie that came on Amazon Prime. Maybe, maybe they'll do that. Yeah, because that sounds like a good little, easy hour and a half little uh, time to just enjoy. Mob Psycho's still good. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Live action was not. I watched that part. Uh, yeah. I just I just like to watch live action bits because I know they're bad. Like, does it fuel a special little place in your heart to feed off the bad e- evilness? <laughs> there's a pl- there's a word for it. It's called Schadenfreude. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, I think that's really it for me. Do you have any uh, closing comments or what you're gonna watch next or do next? Are you looking forward to a whole lot? Um, I really need to hop on my Crunchyroll and see what I got. I don't even know what all I threw on there. Um, oh yeah, I have the newest season of Food Wars to go finish. I've read all... They Ooh. wrapped that up. Oh, God, um, Food Wars. I forgot that existed. Um, Epo's still going. How? <laughs> <laughs> it's been on since the 80s. 
It's the longest run game manga, longest continuously running manga, I believe. Uh, isn't it case closed? Conan Detective. I think it stopped at one point. Like I think it changed studios or something like that, because there was a point where they weren't releasing. You've been a boy for thirty years, Conan. How does it feel? It sucks. <laughs> but yeah, I I believe case closed is the longest period. But I think continuously running is Epo. Oh man, that's just so weird to me. Then you have Berserk, which is like, I guess we'll put a chapter out this year. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe I'm in a hermit in the mountains hiding and finish this shit and I release like 40 pages. <laughs> oh, oh, Adam, Adam Master just came out in a new game. Gotta go play that, guys. Bye. Fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a lot going on in the anime world and you oh. don't really know what's happening and things like berserk are just like will it finish maybe you you want to you want to feel old brent you want to feel old mm -hmm. there are kids going i've been watching bolt boruto did his dad naruto have a show too boruto's so bad there are kids who know about boruto but not naruto I wouldn't even start them with Boruto. Like, it's a bad anime. It's not good. They're kids, Brant. They don't know what's good and bad. <laughs> well, they need to know. They're children. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the children alone. <laughs> they need to know their opinions are trash. <laughs> and they are trash, too, for living. Yes. <laughs> Anywho, um, I'm looking forward to getting over this cold. Yay. Uh, doing some woodworking in my garage, because I have tools now, I can do it in my garage, I'm gonna shut off the world and just enjoy the sawdust in the air as I get, like, perforated lungs from sawdust in my lungs, and, uh, playing some Code Vein. Yeah! Just don't drink any turpentine. Uh, I've learned that varnish is very strong, and that I did not have proper mouth coverage last time I, I used it, so hopefully this time, I do not get high on fumes. <laughs> fun experience exactly how about yourself um i look forward to possibly doing another playthrough of outer worlds i'm going to go the super dick route where like i probably kill like maybe 95 percent of the killable people nice let's see what i'm able to do what what does the game go what this is the limit ah the the chaotic evil route from <laughs> early Bethesda games like Morrowind. Yeah. Whom is killable and whom is necessary in PC? Let's find out. Oh, fuck. Oh, Jesus. I can't do this quest anymore. Fuck. That was a lot of Morrowind for young me. Uh, that's why I think they did the thing in Oblivion that if they were an important NPC for a quest... You just couldn't kill them. They would just pass out. Yeah. <laughs> or they would just come, like, angry at you until you did a quest line later mm -hmm. on. They'd be like, oh, we have to go do this. And as you just turn around, come back here, you bastard! And you start punching in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Man, Bethesda got real wrong and real stupid real quick. Anywho, that's it for me. This is Austin, and... This has been Brant. Uh... Has been? Why? has been are you going to, are you are you are you dying no i might go with like the prince route like the artist formerly known you know have like the thrown out thing 
<laughs> just really make it hard to find you anymore. <laughs> I'm going off the grid. <laughs> well, time to go. Uh, time to go away now. We're fading away. No longer alive. What is life? Who knows? Bye bye. <laughs>